Hey Woomies, welcome or welcome back. We are absolutely thrilled to bring you the Woom Table Talks podcast. My name is Lori Fleming. And I'm Angie Stenbach. We together are the founders of The Womb, the world of my baby. The Womb is a wellness center where families connect to be nourished, nurtured, supported, and inspired through life. Anytime, anywhere. Every episode, our beautiful host, Jamal Patrawala, connects you with a community of experts, their families, parents, and people sharing their messages of origin, their development, and growth to and through parenting. Your beliefs become your thoughts. Your thoughts become your words. Your words become your actions. Your actions become your habits. And your habits become your values. Your values become your destiny. Welcome to our podcast. And today I have beautiful Liz, who is a doula as part of the room team. Liz is here to share her perspective on what are beliefs and how does it impact you on your journey during pregnancy and beyond. Mm -hmm. So welcome Liz. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. Us too. It's amazing to have you here. And um, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, Liz, before we go into what are beliefs and um, explore that topic a little more? Okay, sure. So, um, as you mentioned, I am a doula on the womb team. I'm also a mom of two little ones, um, former engineer turned doula, and really just followed the calling that mm-hmm. was sort of tugging at my heart um, after I had my own kids to help others navigate that journey because it is a bit of a tricky one at times. It's it's beautiful and it's challenging, um, and I found that I needed a lot of support along the way, and Absolutely. so. I found myself really feeling called to provide that for other people, um, to share what I've learned and to help mm-hmm. everybody else just have a bit of an easier time if that's possible. So that's sort of what led me here and I'm loving it so far. Wonderful. It's amazing to have you part of the team. List. Thank you. I love it. So as we get ready, uh, I know our audience is excited to hear mm-hmm. what are our beliefs? If, if we want to start there, Liz, if you can define sort of what beliefs are to you. Okay. And... Um, and then we'll share later. Yeah, perfect place to start. So I always like to bring things back to basics and really mm-hmm. we can start with the dictionary definition mm-hmm. of belief, Sure. Um, which of course I did Google in advance. <laughs> so really in a simple sense, a belief is an idea that we accept as true. Um, mm-hmm. It's our faith, trust, confidence in something or someone. Mm-hmm. Pretty basic. Mm-hmm. Um, but as I thought a bit more about it, I really wanted to point out that a belief is not necessarily an absolute truth. Mm-hmm. It's something that's a truth yes. maybe for us. Yes. Um, or that at any given moment in time, we hold true. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not necessarily a fact. So beliefs are kind of like opinions in that way. Got it. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the basic sense. But before we go too deep mm-hmm. to far along and get too deep, I think it's also important to talk about not just what is a belief, Mm -hmm. but how do they work? Yeah. So, yeah. So I'm not going to get into like the sciencey aspect Mm -hmm. of the brain stuff I'm going to talk about. You're going to have to take my word for it. But um, I'm going to borrow an analogy from Ed Milette that I really love and that's just so fitting. Mm -hmm. And that is of a table. Okay. So if we take any basic fundamental belief that we have, something Mm -hmm. that we hold true, that's your tabletop. Just Got like it. this. Just like this. Right? Just like this. Perfect, awesome. right? Couldn't have planned yeah. it any better. Um, and so, you know, we might start out sort of just learning a fact or an idea, and we might just have 
you know, this table, I think, has sort of like the one central mm-hmm. leg, right? Um, and the way that our brain works is that we always want to prove ourselves right. Mm-hmm. I mean, don't we? Like, don't we always want to be right? <laughs> I, I know I do. <laughs> I know. I, we all struggle <laughs> yes. with that. Um, and so that's actually how our brain will work is that it's going to set about proving us right. Yes. Um, and I mean, another way to look at it is, is that our subconscious just won't ever make us a liar. So mm-hmm. whatever we tell ourselves, yes. we're going to seek out that that is the truth. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what that looks like is that the more we go along with this mm-hmm. idea, mm-hmm. we're going to look for evidences in our life that mm-hmm. support it. So literally like legs supporting the table. Um, and as we go along and the more experiences that mm-hmm. we have that support that belief, mm-hmm. it's like building legs up underneath the table. Got it. Right? So, um, you know, if you have a really strong, steadfast belief, mm-hmm. you've got like a huge pillars underneath your table. Yes. If you're not so sure or maybe you haven't questioned mm-hmm. and come around on your belief, you might have these little rickety legs. Yes. Um, you know, so I love that analogy because it's just a really great visual, especially since we're at a table. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, that, you know, your belief is sort of this tabletop, whatever it is, and we're always looking for ways to support it. Got it. Um, another story I love to tell yes. that I sort of grew up learning, <clears throat> my dad would always talk about the red car. And again, I swear I didn't plan this with the red table, red but table. it's very fitting. He always uses red for whatever reason. Um, and he would always say to us, you know, as soon as you decide you're going to buy a red car, mm-hmm. you see red cars everywhere. Absolutely. Right? Yes. And I mean, we always just accepted that as true because we've, we've had that experience, yes. haven't we? I think everyone's had that experience. Quite often. And, yes. you know, I think if you look, like, statistically, there are not more red cars all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. And they weren't not there before yes. and suddenly they're there now. It was always sort of the same amount mm-hmm. of red cars on the road. But mm-hmm. as soon as you draw your attention to that thing, yes. you know, your, your brain starts with this filtering response. So you're going to filter out, like, like the blue, the white, the mm-hmm. tan, the black cars. Mm-hmm. You don't care about those yeah. anymore. And you're going to specifically filter in all of the red. So what you draw your attention to, and your brain is going to reward you with, with seeing more of that thing. Makes sense. So yeah. now my dad will just go like, oh, it's the red car thing. Yes. You know, and we all know what he means. And it's yes. kind of the same idea yeah. um, that whatever you're focusing on, mm-hmm. your brain's going to draw more of that in. Okay. Okay. So thank you. Thank you for that very visual way of explaining it. I'm, I'm definitely a visual person. Mm-hmm. And it helps every time I'm going to see a table, it's going to help me get a pause in and wonder, you know, (laughs) where is this coming from? (laughs) Right? Right? So thank you for that. Um, So as we're talking about beliefs and, you know, thank you for so beautifully defining what that means for us and for the community. I think the next question that comes up, and I'm sure in our listeners' mind Mm -hmm. is, well, where are these coming from? Like, how, how, how do these legs get built? Where did it all start? Yeah, exactly. And I mean, there's no one easy answer. Mm-hmm. And, and in fact, there are so many different streams mm-hmm. that we're feeding in all the time into our conscious and subconscious mm-hmm. mind that, mm-hmm. that create those beliefs. Yes. So, I mean, some really obvious ones are like the exposures that we have day to day. You know, TV, movies, mm-hmm. social media yes. is a big one these days. Um, you know, even just imagery and messaging we see like at the magazine stand or on mm-hmm. billboards, like mm-hmm. all of that is information yes. that we're making judgments on and forming beliefs about. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in addition to that and probably preceding that are the beliefs that are almost inherent, like even before we're born. Mm-hmm. So we have historical and yes. ancestral beliefs, you know, mm-hmm. things that are passed down through our lineage, mm-hmm. um, part of our family, mm-hmm. the way that we were raised and brought up, mm-hmm. um, even the influences of our peer group and the people that we spend time with you know they always say you're like the 
the combination of the five people you yes. spend the most time with. Absolutely. You know, there's a lot of validity yes. to that because we're going to take in what other people are saying and talking about and thinking, mm-hmm. and we're going to use that. Um, mm-hmm. So those are some of the sources mm-hmm. of the beliefs that we, that we hold. Now, how we build the table legs <laughs> is is what I like to call sort of the shaping, mm-hmm. right? So we get mm-hmm. these sources, we get these ideas, this information floating around, and we're going to latch on to certain ones mm-hmm. based on, again, a variety of things. So our experiences, right. um, you know, the evidences that we mm-hmm. seek that seem to make sense, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. which, again, you can draw back to, like, your schooling, your mm-hmm. experiences, mm-hmm. Um, all kinds of things. And just, like, the things that you feel confident in and that sort of, like, you know, your intuition is yes. part of that as well. Yes. So you've got like the tabletop, which is from all of the information mm-hmm. bits that you're taking in mm-hmm. and then the legs from the experiences and the confidences and the evidence that your brain seeks out and finds got it. Got it. Okay. So that's really helpful because I know when I've looked into beliefs, I'm a big believer, just like you said, it happens <laughs> sort of, you know, at that, even um, before we're born mm-hmm. and all the stuff that, you know, our parents are sort of carrying is transmitted to us and then a lot of research is also talking about a lot of the beliefs are inherited from zero to seven just what you were saying for sure you know right. all Four those experiences years. our brains sort of really open like a sponge at that point mm-hmm. and it's just recording so i kind of look at it as like that's the tape recording phase mm-hmm. where our subconscious is just getting programmed mm-hmm. and then we run those programs yes yeah that's a great way to into, look at it into our adult life mm-hmm. and um Something that really gets to me and why this topic is really close to my heart is I heard a stat that said 95% of the time in our adult life, we uh, spend time working out of the automatic pilot mode, which is Mm -hmm. from that programming that we probably received way, way back. And we're just playing out the programs, other people's programs, like you said, right? So so really, really relevant Mm -hmm. for us to even notice and acknowledge a big part of who we are and how we show up comes from beliefs so now that we understand beliefs and sort of how they're coming from let you know tell me sort of your perspective on you know are all beliefs sort of the different types of beliefs are there limiting Mm -hmm. beliefs versus beliefs that can serve you Mm -hmm. what have you noticed in in your journey and in your experiences Uh, That's a great question because I think that right now there's a big focus if you look at like personal and professional development space Mm -hmm. on our self-limiting beliefs. Mm -hmm. Um, And as you say, a lot of them are pre-programmed and sort of beyond our original control. You know, we didn't ask for those, but we've grown up with Mm -hmm. them. Um, Mm -hmm. And there's a big focus on identifying those, becoming Mm -hmm. aware, Mm -hmm. and doing what we can like to get rid of them, right? If they're things that are holding us back. Um, So I think there's a big emphasis on that right now. Mm -hmm. And it's important to realize that that's not all there is. You know, I definitely think you can have those beliefs that do limit you Mm -hmm. and the beliefs that serve you and I think I want to bring it back to just like the Henry Ford quote that everybody will be will recognize yes which is whether you think you can or whether you think you can't you're right yes I love that one right and I kind of want to let it hang there for a minute because I think that we've heard it a lot yeah and when you keep hearing something over and over it almost gets diluted the messaging so true right but like think about that again like if you think you can you can you're mm-hmm. right. If you think you can't, you're right. You know, so you have to consciously choose yeah. to believe in whatever it is that you're that you're going after. Mm-hmm. Um, and when we allow ourselves to get stuck in that belief that's limiting, that mm-hmm. we can't do the thing, mm-hmm. you know, we're right. Yeah. Um, and in fact, there's another great quote by uh, by Jim Quick, who I really love to listen yeah. to. And he says over and over, he's very repetitive, so it's like yes. ingrained. He says, if you fight for your limiting beliefs, you get to keep them. 
Right? And, and I so had to you, hear that one a few times as well. If you fight for your limiting beliefs, mm-hmm. you get to keep them. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And so it's kind of like, if you bring it back to the table, yes. if this is your limiting belief, yes. and you're always allowing your brain to go out and find the legs to support yes. it, yes. like your fi- that's the fight, right? That's the okay. seeking the evidence yes. for that. To support To support it. You know, because yeah. you want to prove yourself right. So if yes. you're saying like, I can't do this, then you're going to, your brain and your subconscious mind is going out there looking for all the reasons why you can't do it to prove that you're that. right. I love that. So yes. I love flipping that one over and saying, yeah. well, okay. So if you want to keep your empowering beliefs, mm-hmm. you have to fight for them. Yes. You know, so yes. if you want that, like, I got this, I can do it, yes. you know, whatever it is, I'm yes. strong, I'm capable. Yes. You've got to put it out there and you've got to like repeat it to yourself mm-hmm. so that you trigger your mind to go and look for the evidence that that is mm. also true. I, I love what you just said. And I, I really like it in the relevance of the work that you're doing. Mm-hmm. Liz. Because as a doula then, and mm-hmm. with the clients that you're working with, I'm curious as to sort of how this would support them and how that even shows up in, you know, in their journey or even your journey as a mom. Yeah, for sure. So that is actually a big aspect of the work that I do with my clients mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. looking at their belief system. Yes. Um, you know, maybe it's their fears or the things yes. that they're bringing into the experience mm-hmm. that might be serving them really well yeah. or might be holding them back. And it does take mm-hmm. a bit of digging, but because you asked, I'll use a personal example Please to start. Do. Yes. Um, so, you know, when I was pregnant the first time, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I was thinking about it for this talk today. Like, what was I bringing into that? Yes. And I realized that my first son was actually my parents' 10th grandchild. Wow. Right? So before me, before I was even pregnant, yes. my two sisters collectively birthed nine babies. Wow. Okay, so I don't yeah. think at the time... I really realized like the, the weight of what mm-hmm. that meant, mm-hmm. but I think subconsciously I knew enough that they had not only successfully, you know, by their own standards, mm-hmm. like, um, given birth to yes. nine babies between the two of them, yes. but like the fact that they had done that meant that it couldn't have been that bad. Right. <laughs> right. Like, you know, not only were yeah. they capable of doing yeah. it, but they did it repeatedly and they, you know, lived to tell older. about it. Right. Yeah. And they had these beautiful families. And yeah. so without even really consciously understanding it, I had this awareness that like, you know, not only is this doable, yes, but like, it's okay. Right. Because they did it, you know, mm-hmm. so, mm-hmm. um, so I brought that in and then also sort of my like engineering analytical mind, mm-hmm. I'm a real information seeker, mm-hmm. like, you know, lifelong learner. So mm-hmm. I did a lot of reading, mm-hmm. but even that, like I didn't really choose the books that I read. My sisters passed them down to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, I kind of luck of the draw had a yes. few of these sources of information. Um, so, you know, I can remember my husband and I like sitting in bed before going to sleep and yeah. we were each reading and I was reading, um, one of the really instrumental books that shaped a lot of my beliefs was mm-hmm. the anime's guide to childbirth. Mm. Because it contains just a lot of yes. um, really empowering birth stories. Um, and also we had been recommended The Birth Partner by Penny mm-hmm. Simkin. Mm-hmm. And my husband, like, bless his heart, read it cover to cover. He read the whole mm-hmm. thing. Yeah, I know, yes. I know. Like, it really, because he wanted to be a good support to me. Yeah. Um, so, you know, my beliefs were shaped by that. But also I already knew that I needed to create this support structure. Mm-hmm. And I did that by mm-hmm. asking you know, asking yes. for that kind of background to yes. come up. Um, and even another one, my mother actually was a La Leche League leader for many years. Okay. And so she gave me a copy of The Womanly Art of Breastfeeding, which I also read. Mm. And in that, there was a specific section that was um, how a positive birth experience can set you up you know, for the best start with breastfeeding, mm-hmm. not to say that you can't breastfeed right. if you don't, you know, but um, it was like a few pages and I read it and I was like, ah, oh, 
that's what I want. Yeah. I flagged it, gave it to my husband, yes. and said, you need to read this because that's what I want and I need you mm-hmm. to support me. Mm-hmm. You know, so we had that dialogue. Yes. I had sort of like the inherent beliefs from mm-hmm. my family as mm-hmm. well as that influence on yeah. the things that I was reading and picking up. Um, and I knew enough that I needed to create that support system. So then yes. I did that. Right. Yes. So I had my husband present, one of my sisters, mm-hmm. my mom. So between the two of them, they had also birthed nine kids. A lot of them. One and four. Yes. Right. Yes. And I had my midwives and I just yeah. felt really supported and cared for. And I built that consciously, you know, whether I realized it at yeah. the time or not, out of this belief system that had sort of grown up around me and that yeah. I myself was born into. What a great example is of how a belief can really serve you. Yes, exactly. And how what you sort of grew up with and what you saw really served you in this experience. Yeah. And without consciously thinking about it, you just sort of set up all the support under your table. Exactly. To to get you there. Yeah. Yeah. So that was my experience. And I mean, you know, it still didn't go exactly according to plan, but it it worked out for me in a positive way. Right. Um, so, you know, to take some generic sort of mm-hmm. client examples, mm-hmm. what some things that I find are that um, for those clients that it's their first baby, mm-hmm. it's very common that I'll hear they've heard different stories, yes. which we can't get away from that. Absolutely. It is what it is. Yes. Um, but they'll have heard often there's sort of those scary horror stories, which are yes. not the norm, but somehow those are the ones everyone loves to tell. Hollywood. Juicy <laughs> yes. yes. Well, that, don't get me started right. on Hollywood, right? <laughs> so there's those, those yeah. images of birth that aren't yeah. overly realistic. So um, or there's like just the bad case scenario. Yes. Um, and a lot of them have heard those. And so they form their beliefs and expectations around what they've heard in those stories. Yes. Um, and even if it's not negative or scary, mm-hmm. they'll hear like a very specific scenario and oh, my friend had this mm-hmm. happen. And that will either be something that they're looking to avoid mm-hmm. or they're looking to replicate. Right. right. And whether it's positive or negative, the fact is just that like it may or may not serve you because especially in birth, Every birth is so different, so different, like from the same person, baby to baby. And, you know, really what we often say to Mm it's like your friend, even your sister, your mom, Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. those experiences have very little to no bearing on what you're going to go through, you You know, so it's not wrong to learn about them, but it's, it's one of those things where you kind of have to take in the information almost with a grain of salt, you know, acknowledge it and say, okay, that's just information. Right. Um, and I think what the problem is that is that we're allowing, like we sort of collectively, mm-hmm. we're allowing those stories to really mm-hmm. shape our beliefs and expectations. Yeah. And it kind of colors what we go in with. Absolutely. Um, so that's very common with first births, mm-hmm. uh, especially mm-hmm. because it's a very unique time where you really have no way of knowing how you're going to feel. Like yes. you don't know physically what's going to yes, happen in your body. so much unknown. Yeah, yeah, you haven't experienced anything like it. So yes. all you have is those stories. Absolutely. Now, when you go for subsequent births, you know, mm-hmm. people have had two, three, four babies. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a bit of a different case because they do know. Right. But they know their experience. Yes. You know, so either they will have had, let's say they had some really long labor mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. they're again, either looking to avoid yes. or they're assuming that's what's going to happen again. Yes. Or maybe they had a really fast birth and again, they assume that the next one's going to be the same and they make provisions mm-hmm. and then suddenly mm-hmm. when it's slower than it was last time, it's like, oh, what's happening? Like, yeah. I was sure, you know, I'd meet my baby right, right now or this would be different right. or I wouldn't be waiting and I wouldn't be bored, you know? Yeah. And so whatever that past experience was, yes. tends to really play into the, the, you know, beliefs mm-hmm. and kind of expectations that almost use interchangeably mm-hmm. here because, mm-hmm. you know, if you expect something, you yes. kind of believe that's what's going to happen. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah. So those are a few ways that I've found that, uh, you know, between myself and 
clients, you yeah. know, it's, it's all about the information that we're taking mm-hmm. in and mm-hmm. the weight that we're putting on it, yeah. you know, the legs we're putting underneath it. Absolutely. So what I heard from you then is, you know, I, you made a really good point about clients having multiple children because mm-hmm. I have three of my own <laughs> and I know before I understood beliefs, yeah, <laughs> I truly carried that same belief that I had with baby number one and the same experience that I had with baby number one for two and then by three, I retaught it. <laughs> I recreated <laughs> okay, my table. good for you. <laughs> okay, but for the first two, I'm definitely guilty of that. So, mummies, if you're there or, you know, for our community members, just take a big deep breath and know that it's okay. <laughs> yeah, right? that's, you know, thank you so much for saying that because I want to be very clear that this is all said with love and not yes. judgment. Yes. Um, you know, it's just observations. Yeah. It doesn't mean that it's good or no. bad or anything. It's just kind of what tends to happen and yeah. something to be aware of, like I, you said. Exactly. And that's what it is. Yeah. I mean, we, we want to empower you. We want you to feel aware so that, hmm. you know, if you're supporting someone or yourself for having more children, then mm-hmm. you have this perspective. Yeah. So that that's really helpful. Did you find this in your own experience from baby number one and two? I know you briefly touched upon that. Yeah. Were there sort of any differences that you noticed in your birthing experiences? Were there new beliefs that showed up second time around for you? Yeah, exactly. So I'm, I, I don't want to use the word guilty, but I am also one who went through what I just described <laughs> that I see in some of my clients. So just to get more a bit more specific, so mm-hmm. it kind of makes sense. Yes. Um, with my first birth, I had... Um, membranes ruptured Mm -hmm. to start the labor Mm -hmm. so for those who aren't aware that's relatively rare occurrence Mm -hmm. depending on which um resource you consult Mm -hmm. it says it's about one in 10 to one in 13 um labors begin that way Mm -hmm. so it's not overly common but for me it actually was like that hollywood moment Mm -hmm. where it was like the pop the gush the like oh there was no question i knew what it was right Right. it wasn't like is this happening i knew because it's kind of how it happened in the movies um and that's what started so i had nothing before that Right. Mm -hmm. And so that started my labor and it started relatively quickly, but I still labored, you know, all through the night. I think the total was like 18 hours or something from when that started. Long journey. Yeah. So, so in my mind, like my labor started with my water breaking end of story. Yes. So baby number two, Mm -hmm. um, you know, what happens is very similar uh, my water breaks with a gush <laughs> in the driveway of my home. Yeah. Um, only this time, it was actually about 45 minutes between that happening and my baby arriving. Isn't that amazing? So 18 hours yeah. to 45 minutes. Now, right. at the time, it was like, whoa, felt totally unprepared yeah. because my expectation mm-hmm. based on my experience was like, oh, this is how labor starts. So I've got like a ways to go. Yeah. So, you know, like I was, I was relatively alone. I was with my two year old, um, mm-hmm. you know, so I'm like texting my doula, texting yes. my mom, calling my husband, maybe you should come home. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. you know, trying to page the midwife, yes. which took a while. So I'm like doing all that, but thinking like I've got time, right? Yeah. But things picked up very quickly. Um, suddenly realized I didn't really have time and actually ended up having an unintended birth. So whole other story. But my point is that I had that same belief that, oh, this is Mm -hmm. the start of my labor. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't until in retrospect, I reviewed what had happened Mm -hmm. that day because Mm -hmm. this happened in the evening with like Mm -hmm. seven or 8 PM. And, uh, now in the lens of much more education Mm -hmm. about, you know, I haven't gone through doula training and everything about, you know, the typical stages of labor and Mm -hmm. what to expect and what's normal. Mm -hmm. Um, looking back, I was in progressing labor all day long. Huh. Yeah, but I didn't really realize it, you know, because my experience was different the first right. time. So I was literally running errands, just like stopping <laughs> to, 
breathe. breathe and like, oh, I'm having some cramps. Like, you know, literally yeah. texted my mom, like, you might want to come in the next couple days, yeah. you know, because things are maybe getting moving. Yes. And really, like, now that I know what I know, I was in labor mm-hmm. all day. So it's just kind of like, so yeah, it, my beliefs the first time, I totally allowed them to shape what I thought mm-hmm. was happening mm-hmm. or was going to happen yes. the second time. And then, um, it was, like I said, it wasn't even until, like, much later in review, in hindsight, that mm-hmm. I realized what had really happened. And of course, things could have been different if... I had understood at yes. the time. If I hadn't yes. made those assumptions that it was the same as the first time around. You know what exactly. I mean? Exactly. Um, so that has been a really good lesson, especially in some reflection that I've been doing mm-hmm. recently mm-hmm. about not making assumptions. You yes. know, about maybe trying to be more mindful mm-hmm. and really just observing what's going on mm-hmm. and bringing some curiosity yeah. to it. I love oh, that. What does this mean? Yeah. Instead of just assuming. Yes. And so that's kind of like where I'm headed next in terms of working with, like pulling that thread yeah. a little bit more, yeah. um, especially in my interactions with my clients mm-hmm. because, you know, I'm aware that I've got my own biases yeah. and beliefs and experiences yes. that I'm going to bring in. Yes, and absolutely. so do they. Yeah. And so, you know, I can't assume that they might align. Yes. Basically, you can't assume anything. So really more like asking the questions mm-hmm. and, um, and getting a dialogue going about those yeah. things versus making assumptions. Assumptions. I love that. So, so what I heard there and, and that what I want to highlight for community members is sort of paying attention to that curiosity and mm. allowing your process, if it is sort of pre-birth or even the pregnancy process, mm-hmm. to be filled with curiosity, mm-hmm. right? And just sort of awareness about, oh, I wonder what I'm feeling right now. And yeah. sort of, and if it's early on, sort of breathing through it and, you know, affirming to ourselves all as well. Um, and then as we get closer to the birthing experience from your story, what I hear is, and I hear it a lot in our classes mm-hmm. too when prenatal mamas come to the womb, is, you know, I, I want to deliver this way and mm-hmm. I want to have this specific experience. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of focus. And, and I heard in your story, and I know it's true for my stories too, where I thought about specific outcomes. Yeah that I wanted. And we get really attached right? to those. Right? And we get mm-hmm. so attached to those. And I know from my experience, it sets set me up for a lot of disappointment. It can. Mm-hmm. For sure. And um, where I want to leave our conversation is planting the seed um, for all of us, sort of just taking a moment, taking that intentional pause. And if you are pregnant or considering having a baby, maybe even put it, placing your hands on your heart and just checking in with yourself and noticing, you know, when I think about my birth experience, what is it that I'm envisioning? Is it the output? And if it is, just kind of kindly acknowledge it. We don't want to be hard on ourselves. But once we've acknowledged it, the seed that I want to leave you with is, how about instead of the output, I create a belief where I want to think about what is the experience? What are the feelings that I want to experience in the pregnancy or during the birthing process Mm -hmm. and perhaps that will ease your journey and uh, keeps it open for you know everything to sort of play out as it needs to play Mm -hmm. out versus getting really attached and then trying to create a table and put support underneath it for something that possibly might not serve you in the moment yeah right and and then there's all this sort of dealing after that happens yeah or i mean you end up just having the legs not right from underneath your table yeah and, you know, and, and that that's devastating even worse. Yeah. right that that's really devastating so that's just something for all of us to reflect upon i think that's um, a great 
Great yeah. way to leave it, yeah. Yeah. So I want to take a moment and really thank you, oh. Liz, for for being here at our red table. I love the table. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and sharing <laughs> your perspective on beliefs. And I think that our community, I'm sure, has learned a lot from your wisdom. <laughs> and if you were looking to get in touch with Liz, how would they do so? How can they connect oh, with you? Oh, for sure, yeah. So um, you can perhaps even drop in and find me at the womb, but if not, um, my email address is liz.daher, D-A-H-E-R, at thewomb.ca. Um, you can always drop me a note or you can contact the womb directly and just let them know you wanted to get in touch with me. Um, and for doula services, um, I just really want to make sure everyone understands that um, com- uh, consultations are always complimentary. So oh, that's really wonderful yeah. information. Yeah. So, know. I mean, I know it can be a big decision yeah. for some people and, uh, even just inviting somebody into your birth space, which is something I consider such an honor when I am invited so there. It's yes. so sacred, yes. very intimate. It's a very vulnerable experience for many people. So I totally get that you don't, um, just want to, mm-hmm. Uh, invite somebody there on a whim yes and it's really important that we make a connection um and that you know I feel as much that I can't imagine not being there for you as you feel that you can't imagine not birthing um or birthing without me so um so we need to meet to figure that out right and Mm -hmm. uh, I'm always happy to meet with you and just discuss sort of any questions you have about doula support or you know what that looks like for you and because it's going to be different for everybody based Mm -hmm. on your goals and your beliefs and your beliefs yeah exactly right um so I'm happy to sit down grab a coffee chat about it um you know I'll ask you some questions about what you're looking for and you can ask me whatever you want to know um and we can just see where it goes from there Wonderful. Yeah. On behalf of the community and the Boom team, thank you so much, oh, Liz. Thank for you being for having here. me. This has been so much fun. Yeah. yeah. And thank you to everyone who's tuning in at any time of the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you. Thank you for listening. And I hope, with the wisdom that Liz shared, that it adds few seeds that can keep growing slowly and gently for you. Yeah. Yeah. Thank and I'm you. I'm always happy to chat further. Super. <laughs> Thanks, Liz. Thank you so much.